You ready, Ma? I'm ready, Erin. Let's go. This week, Gone with the Bushes takes you to the sky. The sky? Because I don't know where where this is set. Oh, this is a sprawling epic, so it's set all over the place. It is, but I don't know where it starts out. I believe it starts out <laughs> in uh, California, probably. No, a small town. I think, a small town. I think it's like any town USA. Any town USA that looks a little bit like California. Yeah, it's supposed to be, although I, well, it's supposed to be in like 1917 to 1918, but this movie was shot around 1927 or 1926. Um, like for us, it, it like we're not going to notice, like oh, how, how dare they use 1927 vehicles in 1919 times. Yeah. Okay, the movie is called Wings. Wings, the first Academy Award winner. It's a silent movie. The silent picture. So I thought, wow, I won't I won't really have that many notes to write down since there's no dialogue. <laughs> Silly me, I forgot that they would then put like uh, what's that called? The titles the titles up and then it, you know, they would tell you words would tell you, you had to read Mm -hmm. words would tell you what was happening in, in the movie. In the silent picture show. And so it is a paramount picture. Mm -hmm. Am I too close to my microphone? Those peas were rough. (laughs) And you want to do the particulars? Oh, where are the, my notes for this film are all over the place. All right. It was directed by William A. Wellman. This dude. He he, had a cameo in it. He had a cameo in it. He was an actual World War I fighter pilot. Yeah. He became an actor, and then he didn't like being an actor because he called it, quote, an unmanly profession. Ooh, hello. And then he went on to get behind the camera, and he was like, I like directing. He also... Directed The Public Enemy, uh, Island in the Sky, and The High and Mighty, with John, both with John Wayne. And he directed the first A Star is Born. He also gets the oh. story by credit in the 1954 version that we did, that we infamously did earlier. Yeah. And the 1976 Ooh. version. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Titles were by Julian Johnson. Screenplay was by Hope Loring and Louis DeLighton. The story is by John Monk Sanders. He's an author, a novelist. This is interesting. He was also married to Faye Ray. Remember last week? King Kong. What, what was our reference to Faye Ray last well, he week? He was Faye Ray's first husband. Faye Ray's second husband was Robert Riskin, who last week wrote It Happened One Night. Oh, so she was into writers, eh? Yeah. Uh, It is starring Clara Bow as Mary Preston. She is the OG It Girl. She is the original. She came in like a wrecking ball. (laughs) She came. She's just like, I'm Clara (laughs) Bow, bitches. That's right. she, did, she didn't really want to do this because she knew she was only in it so so that they would sell tickets because she she would get 45,000 fan letters a month 
she was the the financiers and stuff. If you had Clara Bow in your picture, you had two to one odds of making a safe return. Like she was, you put her in the movie, people are gonna see it. That's how big she, she was. She had a head of hair too. Yeah. Well, wow. she actually she had the bob, which was the current style at the time, which was not the style in when the movie was supposed to be set. But this movie does so many fantastic things that it's very easy to overlook it. And you're, you're like, that's nitpicking. There's one thing it didn't do well. Oh. It runs two hours, 22 minutes and 53 seconds. I that's will say two hours and 23 minutes. I will say that when Ma said we're doing wings, it's a silent picture. I was kind of excited because I thought, how long could a silent picture be? I thought, oh my God, this is easily going to be just an hour and a half. Like it's only like if 90 minutes, right? Exactly. Since so she tells me it's two hours and 22 minutes, I said, my God, we're watching a lifetime. Yeah. After 30 minutes, I, I looked at the at the runtime and I saw I still had two hours to go. I couldn't believe it. Okay, but, but let's get I into it. I have to say, well, I'm not done with the particulars, but I'll just interject right here. This is one of those movies to me that it it like it moved. I got into it. I was into this film. I'm so glad I was worried you were mad at me. No, I well, I knew it was going to be long, and so I just settled in. And then I was I was transported. It completely sucked me in. I thought it was good. I did too. I thought it was I liked really the good. Storyline. A lot of critics said that it, the storyline was just the same old thing. I thought it had a few. It, it sucked me in. A lot of that had to do with the cast, with Clara Bow, with Charles yeah. Buddy Rogers playing Jack Powell. He was America's he was so good known as America's first boyfriend or America's boyfriend. Yeah, he was very good looking. He was, very, he was also a talented trombonist and he was married to Mary Pickford and she started United Artists with uh, some other guys. Wow. No, just some other guys. You know. And it also had... It had Tom Brady in it. I'm sorry. Tom Brady was not in this movie. Richard Arland, who I thought was, I was like, my God, that guy looks just like Tom Brady. Oh. The entire movie, I'm like, Tom Brady's a, now a fighter pilot? What can't this guy do? And he was a good looking man as well. Yeah. I was and Team it, David in this movie. Yeah. And it, it had a bit part by Gary Cooper, but the bit part made his career. The bit. I sat up on my chair and, and not in my chair, on my couch, and I was like, "Who's that guy? That mm -hmm. guy, that guy's going places." And then yeah. it's like, "Yeah, it's Gary Cooper." I'm like, "Oh, oh. talk about coming in like a wrecking ball." <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna come in this movie. I'm gonna steal it for five minutes, and I'm gonna leave everyone just like, "Man, Cadet yeah. White." Tongues a wagon. It had uh. Joe Jobina Ralston, she was, played Sylvia Lewis. Um, this guy L. Brendel played Herman Schmiff. Schwimp. <laughs> he was the comic relief. He was, and our main man Roscoe Carnes, aka Shapely from last week, 
and it happened one night. He was Lieutenant Cameron, which I don't remember Lieutenant Cameron at all. Really? But I, I was like, Roscoe Carnes, why does that name sound familiar? And I'm like, Shapely. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, okay. So it starts with, uh, there's a lot of orchestra music. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's a si- so silent pictures had um, it, you weren't just staring at the screen in silence. They had an orchestra music playing. But but didn't it take a long time for the picture to actually start? I mean, there was orchestra music and a black screen for so long. I thought I'd done something wrong. I did, and I fast forwarded because I I thought oh, you're so there's smart. something wrong with this. Is there a picture? And then it's like oh, Paramount Pictures. So I was like, all right, I just missed the orchestra. I'm sure in the next two hours and 22 minutes, I'm going to get enough of the orchestra. And it showed all the different Paramount picture pictures. Yes. You know how it starts and it has the shooting stars that go around the Paramount and the mountain. And it went, it must have gone back to the, the very original. Oh, yeah, we're going back because this what we're watching and what is available now on Apple for rent is the 2012 high definition, meticulously remastered um, restoration. And only because it was found in France. It was lost. Well, I guess we could say it now. It was lost until 1992. Yeah. Everybody was just like, oh, because those old films, they were on like that, what was it, like nitrate film or something, and they literally disintegrate. So they just said, well, we lost it. Most of those movies back in, you know, the teens and stuff, they're gone. You don't have them. There's these huge movie stars that all we have for their myths and legends because all their work has just been turned to dust. And there's there's some um, group that is restoring as many old ones as they can. Well, that's you know part of when you watch the Oscars, that money that's going that's being given to the Academy from ABC is going into restoration of classic films. Excellent. So when you're watching the Academy Awards, you are participating in the preservation of Hollywood magic. And this was magical. There was so much magic. Okay, so the first um, title comes on, and um, I started to write down every title um, to let you, the the listeners, know what was happening. And then I went, you know what? I can paraphrase that. (laughs) So... Because yeah, you're transcribing would, the film, I would have to stop the 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 film to write it down, and I, that made it even longer for me. So, the first one says, on June twelfth, nineteen twenty seven, in Washington, Colonel Charles Lindbergh paid simple tribute to those who fell in the war. In that time, feats were performed and deeds accomplished, which were far greater than any peace accomplishments of aviation. Yeah, it was like, hey, wartime made us have to get our shit together. We pushed the boundaries and now like flying is here and it's here to stay. And they were flying biplanes. (laughs) They were. (laughs) I mean, they look like the little balsa wood. Okay. Uh, It starts in a small town in 1917. Mm -hmm. Jack Powell is asleep on the grass. He turns over and looks at the sky. And it says in in his everyday dreams, he heard the whir of wings. 
and there's a plane in the sky. Now, I will say the writers did um, uh, all oh, over dramatize their their writing. Well, Don't that was the like? style in the silent oh, film man. era. It was very over the top with the I, titles. I had to write some of it down because it was just so over the top. Yeah. Okay. So then Jack Powell is working on a jalopy. Yeah. So it's like like some car and obviously he wants to, he always dreams of flying. He's working on this car. He's, he's, I mean, working on it loosely, he's taking apart the thing. Right. And, um, Clara Bow next door comes to the fence and it's obvious she's smitten with Jack. Mm -hmm. And um, so she climbs over the fence and uh, the screen says, once Jack had picked her out, Oh, Mary Preston had always lived next door. Once Jack had picked her out of a bonfire and sometimes he regretted it. (laughs) (laughs) Cause Clara Bow was always there in his She's and always, he's going, leave yeah, me alone. Like, come on. I'm trying to work on this. Yeah, what are you doing? And and then he's working on it. So he's souping up the car because he's gonna he's getting rid of the dead weight. He's gonna make it super fast, aka super dangerous. But it, you know, he wants to fly. He likes the the fastness. And then she like she picks up some paint or something, and then goes and paints a shooting star in his car. And I I said, I'm sorry. You just painted on my car, but that's how I felt. But he, yeah. because he said he wants it to be a shooting star, so she painted a shooting star on it. And, and he, I thought he was going to be mad. I did too. I was. I said, "Are we going to witness some?" Because this is before the rating system, so all you know, all bets are off as to what we're going to see. It's 1927. Are we just going to see this man just beat this woman? But no, he loved it. Yeah, he thought it was a good idea. And she says to him, do you know what you do when you see a shooting star? And he shakes his head no, because he, there's no talking. And and the words say, you kiss the girl you love. And she's waiting for a kiss. And he's like, all right, see you later. <laughs> he goes, maybe I will. And he gets in the car and leaves. And she's all puckered up. Mm-hmm. And she's all sad. She has tears in her eyes. She was good with tears in her eyes. Yeah. Then we see a woman who we find out is Sylvia Lewis, um, and she was a visitor from the city. And yeah. so she was a city girl. She knew her way around a man, if you know what I mean. And all the men in the small town loved her because she was just the it girl. Yes. And so she's um, sitting in the swing, isn't? And she's strumming an instrument. And this shot was the first shot where I said, whoa, this is so cool. They mounted the camera to the swing. So it's swinging. She's sitting in the swing. I believe she's sitting. Isn't she sitting? She's sitting with David. Yeah. Because David is introduced and David is the rich boy in town. From the wealthiest family Mm -hmm. in town. And he is smitten with Sylvia and Sylvia is smitten with him. And they're there. She has like a ukulele or a ute and they're swinging on a swing. The camera is mounted. So it's just us moving. It's great. And in the background, who just comes in, just drive in the shooting star. Like a wrecking ball. Is Jack. 
He comes in, and this is all in the same shot. And I say, 1927. I'm like, William A. Wellman, you are doing things that they are not doing now. Comes in, he he grab <laughs> he just grabs her. He grabs Sylvia from behind and is like, come in my new car, come in my car, come in my car. And David's just like, bro, I'm having a moment here. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> <laughs> and and it wasn't would you like to come ride in my car no, no it's you will he just ki- he basically kidnapped sylvia and put her in the car and was like come on this is gonna be fun and sylvia is like she's actually really polite <laughs> see fuck politeness first of all but she <laughs> exactly. was she was really polite and what she do you listen to my favorite murder yeah <laughs> If you if you learn nothing else, it's fuck politeness. That's right. And she goes with with um, Jack in his car, and they go you know whiling wh- out on the roads. And who who do they pass? But Clara Bow's Mary, and she sees that he went with, of course, the the hussy from the city, <laughs> Sylvia, and so she is crying even more. She's good at crying. Yeah. So the next, the next, what do, what do we call it? A title comes up on the board and I had to write it down because so youth laughed and wept and lived its heedless hover while over the world hung a cloud which spread and spread until its shadow fell in some degree on every living person. Yeah. That's that's writing, folks. That's that's very <laughs> literary in a visual medium. They And the next one is war. Yeah. And youth answered the challenge. Here was a door that only the bravest of the brave dared open, a patch of glory mounting toward the stars. Right. So, so okay. Jack and David are filling out their enlistment forms, I guess. Mhm. And the place where they are is the aviation examining station. Because they say, if we're going to war, we want to be pilots. Yeah. In those little balsa wood planes. And then comic relief comes in. Herman Schwimpf comes in. And the guy goes, that's a fine name for somebody who wants to fight the Kaiser. Yeah, because, you know, basically this dude with the most German name ever walks into the U.S. Army place and, you know, the war is against the Germans. So they're like, ha what the hell are you doing here, Kraut? Like, are you kidding me? You're just gonna, and the, yeah. And so he has this, he has this, this thing that he does. He is prepared because he has the most German name ever of the time. So he ta- he's like, I'm going to show you what kind of fighter I am. So he unbuttons his jacket and his shirt sleeves have been cut off. And so you think, oh, he's going to throw down. And he lifts up his bicep and inside his bicep is a American flag. And what does it say underneath it? I don't know. But when he flexes his bicep, yeah. it waves. Well, he doesn't flex his bicep so much as it's flabby because he's not real built it's just flabby and when he like shakes his arm it waves and it's something like like 100 percent american yeah so something like that. he had to go and get a tattoo to be like hey guys i'm american and this tattoo proves it 
And you said kraut, but in this movie, they the, the derogatory term for my people was heinies. Well, they had a bunch of different derogatory terms. I, like, I believe boxhead is also, I don't know if it's in this movie, but they are oh, well. referred to as boxheads. <laughs> what? I, uh, a while back, I did a deep dive in, in racial stereotypes because... I was just like, are we, is the playing field ever going to be even? And it, it isn't. <laughs> it isn't. It isn't. Like, that's, These, the, like, that's hurtful. Boxhead. <laughs> the other terms never took off. Yeah. Okay, so then we see Sylvia making a locket. And she's making it for David with she, with her picture. Right, she signs it. She's like, my dearest David, I love you so much, Sylvia. And she, like, blows on it because i'm like you better blow on that or else it's gonna smear the second mm-hmm. you put it in the locket did she write that on the back of the she picture? wrote it on the back of the picture and she puts it in the locket and then jack comes in mm-hmm. and jack does jack have a gift for her or something or he just like walks in to tell her he's leaving. Yeah, he's like, I'm leaving, and I love you, and I hope that you think of me. And I think he maybe even asked for a picture or something. He does ask for and a And then picture. he looks down on the table, and he sees the locket with her picture, and he just grabs it and it's like, I can't believe that you, you read my mind and you prepared this locket for me. Oh, my God, thank you so much. I'm never going to take it off. It's going to be my good luck charm. And she's like, David. Uh, no, she's like, um, uh, Jack, Jack, I, Jack, Jack. And Jack is adorable. So she couldn't bring herself to say, that's not for you, you idiot. Especially when he says, this is my good luck charm to get me through the war. Yeah. So Sophia has a heart. And so she just says, she just doesn't say anything. She tried and it wasn't going to work. And then David walks in and sees jack kissing her and and david is just yeah he can't believe it and then jack goes off and like hey hey hey, i got the i got the locket dude i don't think that he he doesn't show her him the locket he's just like hey 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 and he's he's off and because he's so happy that he has the locket from the girl he likes or the girl he loves and David's like, his feelings are all hurt and stuff. But then Sylvia goes on a walk with him and explains. She says, I just couldn't. He just saw it and he took it. It was really for you. But like, what does it matter? Like, that's just a locket. Like, you have my heart. Yeah. He has my picture because I felt sorry for him. Mm-hmm. But you'll always have my heart. Right. So they kiss. Mm-hmm. Well, Clara wants to say goodbye to Jack. Jack's getting in the car with his parents and, you know, she, she wants to say goodbye. So he walks over and he gives her a handshake. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just like, damn, I am so in the friend zone. <laughs> no, oh. she, she didn't know he was just not that into her. Yeah. I'm, like how he's not into you. <laughs> Believe me, Clara, he's not. How can you not read these signs? And she gives him her picture. Mm-hmm. Her picture and- made me laugh <laughs> because... <laughs> She's such the girl next door. I'm just like, man, she's like on her down, like down, like kneeling in her like 
kind of like dress or something, but it's more like a play picture and stuff. Like she's just ready to like get into some trouble. I thought it was adorable, but I was <laughs> but next to Sylvia's glamour shot, I was <laughs> like, this isn't doing you any favors, Clara. None. Yeah. Well, that hair wasn't doing her any favors. That and, was the hair but, of the time, though, Ma. Like that whoa. was in. Whoa. Jack tells her that. He, she can use the shooting star whenever she wants to. Just don't bang it up. Yeah. You, like, you better not wreck it, though. So then we go to David and his mother and father saying goodbye. And, you know, with Jack, it was everybody hugging and kissing. And, oh, my God. With David, it, it, it's all a stiff, stiff upper lip, chup, chup, yo-yo. No, no emotion is shown. Yeah. <laughs> it's very... It's 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 very stereotypical, like um, wasp. Yeah. Just like the rich, like okay. Although there was emotion behind it because David finds this little bear that his mother kept, and the mother was like, "Of course I kept that. You love that bear more than anything." And I'm pretty sure the bear was made out of pipe cleaners. It's it's a very it's maybe three inches tall. It wasn't made out of pipe cleaners. It looked like it was made out of pipe cleaners. It's a very small little bear that didn't look like it was um, a good quality. But And the mother almost collapses. Mm-hmm. The father well, is, he's in a wheelchair. And you wonder how much he has going on upstairs. Because every once in a while he smiles. But you never know why. Yeah. So, um... You know who the father looks There's a lot of modern people that this that these characters reminded me of. And the father reminded me of the guy that played Littlefinger in uh, Game oh, really? of Thrones. Like his face. I was like, I'd cast that dude that was Littlefinger because he looks just like him. Oh, wow. I think it was like the whole no lips thing. Thank you. And there was a, there was a dog, a little Boston. Oh, he was so adorable. And so David did hug the little dog. That that got me. My eyes got sweaty when he was saying goodbye to the dog. I was like, oh, nobody look at me. And, and we're coming up on our awkward moments. Because then he hugs his mother. And they oh, kiss he, on the lips. He planted a kiss on his... And I, I said, did they do that? Like, that didn't seem... Not like a little peck on the lips, you know, but a full-on kiss on the lips. I was like, so I I watched it, and it did make, I did think that does seem a little bit inappropriate, but then I was like, but that's her son, and that's the mother, and then I was like, but imagine your mom and brother doing that, and I instantly got a bellyache. Yeah, it was... (laughs) It was prolonged. It wasn't. Yeah, it, no, I, I was on. Uh, I, I was uncomfortable. I was like, and they he kisses his no, father on the cheek. Yeah, they but they show no emotion. It's the whole waspy mm. distancy thing, and then they go. In. I'm like, that's how they say goodbye. But All he right. takes his little bear with him to bring him luck. Yeah. And I felt like he had more emotion saying goodbye to the butler than he did. Well, the most emotion was the dog than the butler than his parents. Yeah. Okay, so they're taking the first step on the road to glory. No thrills, no glamour, and as exciting as going back to school. So they are going to aviation boot camp. 
Right. So um, it's obvious that Jack and David are going to be together and they're going to be competitive. Well, Jack hates David because David is rich. David is (laughs) smoking hot. And (laughs) David has David, you know, is on for on good terms with Sylvia, which is the woman that he loves. And Jack's just, you know, regular the regular old boy and stuff. So, you know, he's got a chip on his shoulder and he's always going after David. And meanwhile, David isn't the the usual rich asshole that you usually see in movies. David is very nice. He's thoughtful. He he doesn't flaunt his richness. He doesn't think that he's better than anyone else. No. I'm very much team David. Yeah. Yeah. And whenever Jack wants to try to beat him up, he usually it's usually just, hey, you know, it's OK. We're going to move on. Yeah. And so they have this whole they're doing this boxing thing. And and the guy says, uh, you guys are, oh, you know, using the parlance of the times. He's like, you guys are being a bunch of pussies. You guys are fighting like a bunch of girls. And so he brings Herman up to, to demonstrate how to punch, how to, you know, throw punches. And so Herman does some very good, fine comedic acting with taking yes. some some punches. I'm like, this guy, this is this is funny. I like this. And then um, they're like, all right, switch partners. And then it's David versus Jack. And Jack just goes all out. And then pretty soon they're just all and they're just in a brawl. And Jack pretty much pummels David but David doesn't give up like he gets the whole like beat up out of him and he but he still like staggers up and he's gonna continue and he just collapses in Jack's arms and then like how guys do which is all weird they were fighting and then instantly they're best friends because Jack Jack respected the fact that David wasn't gonna give up he was gonna keep getting up and I feel like David didn't didn't give it his all either. He didn't really want to hurt Jack, I felt like. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <clears throat> He's like, bro, why are you taking all this out on me? You have insecurities. And so, yeah. So then they became BFFs. They did. At home, Clara's reading the paper about the Women's Motor Corps of America. Those who can drive her desired. So she cranks up the shooting star. And she's going to go help out with the Women's Motor Corps. Right. Uh, So ground school is over. Uh, They're on the post with planes now. And they meet the third guy. This is where uh, Mr. White, I don't know what his first name is. Cadet, well, all we know is Cadet White. And Cadet White is striking. I mean, he... Gary Cooper is known for being the strong, silent type, and he yeah. just comes out of the gate as, guess what, guys? I am the strong, silent type. So he sees the bear, and he goes, and he doesn't make fun of it. No. It's like, oh, is that for luck? And uh, he goes, lots of boys carry something for luck. I never have. And right then I knew he was going to die. Oh, I'm like, you are not long for this movie. Because he goes, luck or no luck, when your time's up, it's up. 
<laughs> and he offers him half half of the chocolate bar to Jack. Jack eats it. He throws the other half on the bed with his dirty socks. And he's just like, all right, guys, I'll see you later. And everyone's like, no, you won't. <laughs> no, no, you, you just signed your death warrant. Yep. And he did because um, he is supposed to go up and do figure eights in the sky. And he, of course, crashes. Right. And so they say, um, and, and there's the crash, and they hear the, because um, they're in the tent, Jack and David, and they hear the ambulances and everybody running out, and I think Jack wants to go out, and David pulls him, and he's like, no, they told us that that whenever there's a crash, we have to stay, and I'm pretty sure it's because they don't want to, like, hey, look at your future. Yeah. That's what, yeah, I didn't think it was because, hey, you might get blown up when the gas tanks explode or, you know, oh, it was because you don't want to see what, what's going to happen to you. Because I don't think that they had gone up yet. I don't think they mm -hmm. had actually been in the air yet. No, they were. They just got to the camp with the, with the planes. Yeah. And they had to take care of Cadet White's stuff, get it all together to send home to his mom. So they went through his stuff. They see the the signed picture of his mom that she had wrote to him saying, I can't wait. She probably wait kissed him on the lips. Yeah, I can't wait to see you. And then his socks. And then they leave the half of the chocolate bar. And I'm like, you might Which as well Which was the first it. promotional. Um, what's that called when you have when you have product, product? placement? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, ooh, I have a chocolate bar with almonds. I don't. I do. So then we hear, well, we don't hear, but we see Cadets Powell and Armstrong report for flying instruction. So they have on their Snoopy hats and their goggles and they get in the planes. Yeah. And the title comes up, Like a Mighty Maelstrom of Destruction, the war now drew into its center the power and pride of all the Earth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we see a lot of war scenes. And we do get to hear the, the tanks firing guns. Yeah, you get to, to hear stuff. and So this is like the, the war part of the film. Yeah. It's a big chunk of the film. They aren't overseas yet, though, because it oh. says overseas. The rest of the War Eagles, get it? The Flyers, the War Eagles. Mm -hmm. um, an American aerodrome behind the lines. So the shooting star, again, this time a writer of the heavens. So he has painted a shooting star on his airplane. So now he is over there, over there. And Herman didn't make it as a pilot, so he has re-enlisted as a mechanic. Mm -hmm. So um, Jack is on Dawn Patrol. It is the trumpet call to breathless hazards of the skies. I stopped writing the whole thing, but I tried to get the essence of the over-dramatization of yeah, the words. It's very, very dramatic. And um, they're so excited, but they're being told, watch out for Captain Kellerman and the Flying Circus. Because mm -hmm. the, the Kellerman is the German ace. Was he the Red Baron? I don't know. Okay. And and they hope they meet some heinies. Why do they call them heinies? Uh, is that a drug? German? Yeah. 
No, Manfred von Rickenhofen was the Red Baron. Oh, okay. Okay, so they take off on the high seed of heaven, dot, 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 and then the enemy comes. So they are in a, in a, in a not a firefight, but a, a, a plane fight with Kellerman. The dog fight. And the, a dog fight with the flying circus. One American plane goes down. Then a German plane goes down. And these, air, talk about the aerial shots, Aaron, because that's what made this movie. Man, this thing. So they aren't just in a cockpit on a sound stage with film going through them, which is how they would do it for years and years and years. They 1927. Said, they said, no. So they figured out how to, they would mount the cameras on to the plane. So um, Richard Arlen, who plays David, he was a fighter pilot. He knew how to fly. The director knew how to fly. Jack, though, old buddy, he didn't know how to fly. He had to learn <laughs> to fly for the film. And they there's no cheating any of this stuff. They figured out, the director figured out how to mount the camera onto the planes, onto the fuselages, so the front and backwards. The cameraman would have to hide out of sight. He, They figured out how to have motor-driven cameras so that it wasn't, you know, because in the old days you had to crank the camera. So they have motor-driven cameras all mounted. Um, so everything that you're seeing is real. They're, really when they're up flying, in the sky. They're really flying up in the sky. I, I was like, how many people died making this film? And do you know? I think only one person. I thought only one person got hurt. I didn't think no, anybody there, even somebody, died. Somebody got killed. Cause okay. there was, oh, who was it? Somebody did get killed. I have it in it. Um, because they used... They actually used, like, the War Department was cool with it. and The War de Department helped. Yeah, they sent, like, 300 pilots to help them out. They had hundreds of extras, 300 pilots. Um, there were two incidents that occurred. One was with, oh, man, well, we have to talk about this guy, Dick Grace. Because, we'll just talk about it now. Dick Grace was a stunt pilot, and he specialized in in crashing planes for films. Like, this guy specialized in crashing planes for films. He wasn't paid enough. And guess what? He died of old age. Oh, wow. He he, Bravo. This guy must have been nuts. I want to... He wrote a couple of books. I, I need to find these because I want to read them. The names oh of God. some of the books he wrote were Squadron of Death, <laughs> Crash Pilot, I Am Still Alive, <laughs> and Visibility Unlimited. Wow. I'm like, you had me at I Am Still Alive. Wow. That's amazing. It is. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I read it. I'm like, yeah, Dick Gray. He broke his neck filming this movie. Because when you watch wow. it, they you realize, okay, they're really doing this. And then when they're crashing the planes, you're seeing people and they're, they're like, those aren't, they, 
those are people who are doing that shit. Like when the, the when the plane gets shot down and it starts like you know twirling and shit. Like somebody is actually doing that. See now, I wow, I didn't even put that together. There's still a pilot in there when the yes. plane is spiraling on fire well, down at, to at the some ground. Point, remember, at some point, somebody gets shot. One of the guys gets shot. Yeah. And you see him go unconscious and then you see in the background just the plane going crazy. Yeah. Hey, yeah, he's the pilot and the plane is going crazy. And I'm like, how does this guy live after? Like, I don't understand. So there was a fatal crash of a U.S. Army Corps pilot. I didn't do any more research for it. Wow. Um, But I couldn't believe. And like the ground battle scenes um the, all the multiple crashing of the like there was also a scene where a, um i think like a car crashed and then, like, you see the guys just go flying out of it yeah and i'm just like how many people died making this movie Are, is everyone lying and really there's just a secret graveyard somewhere <laughs> just full of extras i couldn't believe it I mean, talk about, like, there was a big controversy with Uma Thurman and how she had to, like, go and do this whole crash thing. I was like, Uma, have you seen Wings? (laughs) They were like, okay, we want you to go up. You're flying this, you know, biplane, which is, like, balsa wood. So I'm guessing it's not super... You need to go into, like, a death spin. And then then what happens? I don't understand how they did this. It's 1927, either. and I'm just like, how did you? How did you do this? Yeah, it so, baffles the mind. You know what? Aliens. <laughs> the aliens built was, the pyramids, and the aliens came and made wings. It's incredible that it was 1927, the 26 that it was made, and 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 those planes had nothing safety wise in them. I don't think there were seat belts in them. I don't think there were either because you can see their mouths from the from the G forces or whatever. You know how your the mouths go yeah, all like, wah wah because of the wind hitting their faces. Yeah, it was real. I mean, the Wright wow. brothers' flight was in what 1903, 1902, and this is nineteen twenty seven. Nobody's been flying for that long. Like they've maybe been flying for what twenty five years at this point. And they and and the Jack dude had to learn how to fly. Yeah. To Dang. So they're just like, all right, go up there. And even so, the you know the director, he was a fighter pilot in World War One, and he he was a tough son of a bitch, man, as you would be if you were a World War One fighter pilot. And he did give that guy credit because you know he he stuck with it. He, he would come down and he would puke his brains out and he would go back up there and oh, fly. Wow. And you only get, like, you know, my grandpa was a uh, was a pilot. And my dad's always like, there's two kinds of pilots. There's old pilots and there's bold pilots. But there aren't old, bold pilots. Except apparently for Dick Grace. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because you're... You don't know how to fly. You're going up there. Like, John F. Kennedy Jr. was a pilot in the, what, 90s. So he had all this plane, all this technology, and he crashed his plane yeah. just flying. 
this is you're going up in balsa wood you have to fly you have to do these maneuvers and you have to act and you you haven't done it like you have to keep this aircraft flying that you have to keep the lift and the drag and all of that that keeps what you shouldn't be doing because there's a thing such as gravity like you shouldn't have a plane flying up in the air you shouldn't be doing this but you're doing and, and it. And your face can't show you saying, oh, yeah. shit, I and, don't know what I'm doing. And you have to act like you know how to do it. And at uh, every single second, you could mess up and just die. You would just die. There's no uh, coming back. You're, you're, you mess up. You lose altitude. You go into like a death spin or whatever. All those different flying things. And you're dead. And so uh, at one point, Kellerman has singled out David and David's machine gun has jammed. And then some and, and Jack has two Germans on his tail. So he's dealing with that. And something it said chivalry between knights of the air. I feel like Kellerman went, OK, you know, I'm going to let leave you alone, David. I'm going to let you live today. Yeah, I think Keller Kellerman was probably they made Kellerman like he was um oh what do you call it? Like the guy like he knows he's like it isn't about it's more than just about war to him. It's like he recognizes his like okay, you're a good pilot, I'm a good pilot. We're all just trying not to die. Right. I'm just going to and go. And today's battle wasn't worth uh, you, you dying because you're a good pilot or something. Yeah, so, something. Um, so anyway, they both land. Uh, while landing, the shooting star gets hit. but um, And Jack it jumps out of the plane because it crashes. And oh, my God, this poor man. He had to. <laughs> Crash this plane and then jump out of it. You're gonna crash this plane and you're gonna jump. Maybe I don't remember that. Maybe that was a could have been a stunt guy. And, even and so, then even if it is a, even if it is a stunt guy that's jumping out of the plane. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's when he jumps out and he's in the foxhole and the yeah. Some German guy starts shooting at him in the foxhole. Yeah. And they just couldn't hit him. And then it's he's with the British. And the British dude goes, let's have a wee drink for the Brits and Uncle Sam. Yes, get me hammered. (laughs) Get me drunk because I just got out of that. Okay, so weeks pass. They're behind the lines. And Mary is now with the Red Cross. Yeah, she's an ambulance driver. Uh, And she hits a soldier (laughs) with her ambulance. He's fine, but he pretends to be hurt so he can get the attention of this woman. Because he says, I haven't seen a woman in months. <laughs> now we see the giant Gotha. The Gotha is the is the mightiest of German bombing planes. And it takes on its deadly load for a dash across the line. So they're put they're they're putting bombs on the mighty Gotha. It's a huge plane. It's it's a- very big plane. It's called the Great Dragon. So maybe in German, Gotha is dragon. Uh, the Great Dragon roars out to seek its prey. Well, Herman is putting on a, a show. 
because there always has to be a show. But the radio tells them that the Germans are on their way. So David has his bear with him, and they get in their planes, and the Germans see the American um, trucks, and they see the soldiers running for shelter, and the Gota circles around. Now, Mary's driving her Red Cross ambulance. Yeah, Mary, Mary gets out, and she's like, where the hell is everyone? <laughs> Guys, what the hell? Hello? And the streets are empty because they've had spotters who are like, there's bombs coming your way, folks. And we see the bombs coming. And the bombs drop. And they, like, this isn't CGI. Yeah, they, that's true. They set, like, these are these are bombs. They set up these explosives. They blew shit up in this movie. How did more people not get hurt? I don't. Mary, Mary runs under her trunk. Um, a building explodes and collapses. The whole town is bombed. And then here come David and Jack. Jack goes after the Golta. David goes after the two planes. And David follows the prey. He gets one and the other one flies away. A burning plane spirals down. That that's real. Somebody's it's probably Dick Grace. Who's like Probably he had I got been you guys. <laughs> Jack's trying to get the gota. It comes up beneath him. Um he hits the pilots and the gota goes down. He got the gota. And say that's the fool they call the shooting star down on the ground. Mm -hmm. And so Mary's excited. She's going to get to see Jack again. The shooting star? That's Jack. That's my boy. So Jack gets the reward of valor, earning him the name of an ace flyer. And is that where they have the, the ceremony? And yes. there's the weird neck kissing? Yes. I'm like, wow, so is it French? Is that a French thing to seductively kiss each man on each side of the neck? And he had his beard. I'm like, that was just, it seems like that would just tickle. I would just start <laughs> laughing if I had been Jack and this whiskery bearded man is like kissing my, well, I would have punched him because I don't like anybody touching my neck. So well, that's true. That's been, true. Get the hell away from my neck, you son of a bitch. And so I guess David got the reward of valor too, and a decoration meant leave, leave, and that meant Paris. Which, it's on YouTube, people. This tracking shot is world famous. It's so famous that if you went to see Star Wars: The Last Jedi, it is you. It is the he Ryan Johnson recreated it. Because it is world famous. It's a famous tracking shot where they're in Paris and the camera goes over these tables. I forget how many until you get to David as he's pouring champagne in his cup. World mm -hmm. famous. Like so famous. It's a 90-year-old film. And they're, they're still doing the shot in movies today. And it's still, when you look at it, you're still... Wait, how did they do that? 1927. Well, uh, the, the Allies are planning the biggest battle in history called the Big Push. So all leaves are canceled. But back in Paris, they're drunk. 
David is so drunk that he sees champagne bubbles. And that's, that's Jack. Jack sees oh, the champagne Jack bubbles. sees champagne bubbles. And that's real. The, the William Wellman, the buddy, the guy who plays Jack, had never he was 22. He had never had a drop of alcohol. And he's like, here, champagne's good for you, boy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And he is tore up. He's so Aaron, tore up. how did they do the bubbles? There's no CGI. How did they do the bubbles? I think they just like they the same way like when a, when the plane was getting shot down, how you see the color from the explosions. They probably just like drew it in. Well, there's like see, a I whole. I never thought of that. It's like a whole process, like the the explosion of the plane when you see the color. That's something called the Heigl. I didn't like realize that because you do. You see the the red and yeah. yellow of the of the fire. The hand sh- hand Scheigel color process. <coughs> it's a oh, very yeah. very yeah. complicated process where they have to take the negative. They have to. To like blacken it out, and they have to reprocess it, and they process it in a way where it produces this heart, this gelatinous thing. But the gelatinous thing is accepting to dyes, and then they go in and they put the dye, like three dyes in it at a time, and process it and process it. Oh my gosh! So very complicated. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. So with the because bubbles, they probably Jack went in. Sees bubbles everywhere. I mean, he sees them coming out of the ship. Not real bubbles. These are his imagination. But but we get to see them. Mm-hmm. He's so drunk. And um, <coughs> excuse me, the military police are coming and they're rounding up all the GIs because leave is canceled. We got the the biggest push of the war coming. Well, Jack is so drunk. He and Mary finally finds him and he's kissing another woman. He he doesn't have a clue. He could be kissing a post. He wouldn't know. He is so drunk. He is David gets drunk, drunk and he goes off with another woman. <clears throat> so Jack keeps pushing Mary away because he can't even focus on her face. And he doesn't know it's Mary. And she keeps saying, you have to go back. You're going to be court-martialed if you don't go back. And she has those same pencil-thin eyebrows. That was a thing. Not a good look. And he says, no, just bubbles. All he cares about is bubbles. And he splashes Mary with champagne. And soldiers are rushing out the door. Mary goes into the restroom, and she's crying. Of course. And there's an attendant there and she asks what's wrong and they go through the whole thing, you know, her boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. So the lady's going, you can't catch a fly with vinegar. So put on one of these, um, one of the the stage performers dresses. Uh, There was not a lot to that dress. Mm -mm. But you had Clara (laughs) Bow in a film, you know, we had to we had to see her. Give people what they want. They they did, and they got they got a glimpse of frontal nudity, mm. and so she she goes back out and she tells Jack come with me, and so there's another girl in Jack's arm, so he's going which one should I go with? Blah, blah, blah. Somehow Mary gets him to come with her, and so she takes drunk Jack to a room where there are more bubbles, and the MPs are in the hall. Well, Jack passes out, and she puts him on the bed. And she finds the locket 
And she's so excited because she thinks her picture's in it. And she opens it up and finds Sylvia. So she starts to throw away the orders that say Jack has to report for duty. But she just can't do that to him. So she leaves the orders on the bedside table and she goes to change back into her uniform. And that's when the MPs bust in the door and you see a touch of frontal nudity. So they assume that she has had relations with Jack and that kind of woman cannot be in the Red Cross volunteering to help. So she has to go home. Classic. So, and now it's the final stages of the big push. David and Jack are back. David asks Jack to take his decoration and his bear and make sure his mom gets it. He just feels like he's not going to make it through this final battle. He has that, uh, that cadet white feeling about things. He's like, yeah. I just, I just do not feel good about this. And Jack is like, poppycock. Because Jack, Jack has rose-colored glasses on. <clears throat> so then David pulls out a letter from Sylvia that says that Jack thinks that she loves him, but her heart is really with David. Mm-hmm. She's like, I feel so bad for him. He keeps writing me these letters, and he thinks that that he's in love with me. But, like, David, I love you, man. And so he smiles at that because, mm-hmm. you know, at least Sylvia loves him. And they read the newspaper that says that Mary it has resigned her position with the Women's Automotive Corps. And so he's going, that doesn't sound like Mary, that she would quit. And David says, uh, resign doesn't always mean quit. Because mm. she had to leave her post because they thought she had relations with Jack. Gulp. Gulp. <laughs> So, um, and then some guy goes, well, you know, when these hometown girls get to Paris, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Well, <laughs> that pisses Jack off. Yeah. Don't you talk about Mary that way. And he goes, I, okay, okay. I didn't know, know she was your girl. So David says, are you in love with Mary? And David puts Sylvia's letter in his pocket because it would make things so much simpler. Yeah, it's like, just just be with Mary, bro. So Jack says, no, he loves Sylvia. And at this point, he shows David the locket. And he drops it, and the picture pops out. And David picks it up, and he sees it, and and he wants to put it back in the locket so that Jack doesn't see what's on the back of the picture. Yeah, because he sees it, and he sees the back of the writing and how it says to David... I love I love you with all my heart, Sylvia. And so David's right. holding it because Jack went to get the locket. So Jack's holding the locket. David's holding the picture. Jack says, give me the picture. And David's like, oh, why don't I just put it? You, you give me the locket and I'll put it back for you. Jack says, nobody touches this locket. Not even you, David. So he's like, um, there's only one thing I can do in this situation. <laughs> he tears off the picture does and that's the end of their friendship yeah jack cannot believe he did that uh just then someone uh comes in and it's time to go and david in all of this hullabaloo forgets to take the bear yeah but he gave the bear in the medal to jack 
Yeah. But wouldn't you think he'd scoop it up at the last minute and Just put it kidding. in his pocket? I didn't think so because he was like, this is it. I'm going to die yeah. now. So every time that he and Jack have gotten in the cockpit, David has looked over and said, ready or something. And Jack has always come back with, let's go. Well, this time. <laughs> it's like us. <laughs> That's where we got it from. People. We got we it from this. Wings. Oh, we my God. This movie from the very beginning. We knew. Mm-hmm. Ready? Let's go. So um, this time, David looks over and goes, ready? And Jack doesn't say anything in return. Oh, my gosh. I would think that baseball players and fighter pilots, the most superstitious people ever. If I was a pilot, I would, there would be, I I would drive people insane. You'd never get in the air. I wouldn't ever. Cause I was like, oh my God, guys. Nope. The wind just blew. Nope. No, I'm not getting up there. Don't have the right underwear on. Don't have the right socks on. Okay, so there's a Zeppelin in the sky that's watching the troop movements. And we all know Zeppelin belongs to the Heinies. Yeah, and I'm thinking, well, can somebody just shoot it? Because it'll just go up in a ball of gassy fire. Seriously, one arrow would take care of that sucker. (laughs) So Jack and David are in the air and the Germans are after them. David shoots down one, two, three. Uh, And then David's at the mercy of two Germans. Jack reaches the target because he was supposed to get to the Zeppelins. He was supposed to take the Zeppelins out. So he takes out one Zeppelin. He takes out the second Zeppelin. Jack is so happy he did it. He's looking for David. And and he's looking for David. Well, David got hit. And he's trying to escape the two Germans. There's a shot. There's a crash. David's plane goes down in a crash. He got shot in the arm and his plane crashed. But David got dead. Out. Yeah, he got out. And now he's behind enemy lines with a shot up arm and, you know, like crash injuries. But Surrounded still, by Germans. Yeah, but he's still maneuvering. He escapes into the water and... Um, he hides from from German infantry men who are passing him over a bridge and one throws a cigarette over and David picks it up and the cigarette gives him life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking they're going to see the smoke, dude. I'm like, haven't you seen? And then I realized, no, you haven't seen the movies because this was the first movie. Everyone knows that when you smoke on the cigarette, everyone sees the cherry and that's where the snipers know to shoot. You would think. But uh, no, instead in this movie, <laughs> the cigarette, even I, who am like, smoking is horrible for you. But when the guy throws over the cigarette, I'm like, well, at least he's got that. Yeah. Go ahead and take a couple puffs because it's not going to matter. You don't have your bear. <laughs> Jack is desperate. He's looking everywhere. So at dawn, I have at dawn one German plane. It's. I think it's the Kellerman guy. Oh, it's it's dawn, and there's one German plane coming, and uh, over the. It's not an air base, but it's where all the planes were. Like the air And Herman uh, runs, and he gets on the machine gun. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna like shoot him, 
And but the the German guy does this maneuver and he throws out a parachute letter and then like yeah. takes off. Yeah. And I was Odd. just like I that I don't know if you're allowed to do that, <laughs> buddy. And the letter says that David is dead. Well, the letter didn't say that David was dead. The letter said the letter implied David was dead. The letter said that one of your American guys' pilots was shot down behind German lines. So it implied that he was dead, but it didn't say that he was dead. Okay. So it's daybreak. There's lots of shelling. The Allies are advancing. Because, yeah, because Jack looked at the commander and he kind of wanted to, like, go behind the lines to get him. And the commander was like, no, man, come on. That's how I took it. Okay. I I was getting tired. So, pilots, let's go. Jack is sad. Jack is sad. So, Jack and Herman have a moment. Oh, wait. We forgot about the the funny part, the funny Herman part. So, at one point, because Herman, like, signs up, and then Herman was at another place, and they asked for his name, and he gave it. And the guy was like, oh, made a cr- another crack about being German. And he was like, I'll show you how much fight I have. And so Herman, you know, we know what he's going to do. We know how he's going to uh, unbutton his jacket and show the guy his tattoo. Well, he unbuttons his jacket. And before he can finish unbuttoning his jacket, the guy stands up and just decks him. And Herman just yeah. goes flying to the ground. And his arm is is like open and he, and he just points to the flag and he just presses it and it waves as he's like knocked out and the the soldier was like well I'll be doggone I like you son yeah we needed we needed Herman Herman's comic relief okay so um the big drive of the air is on lots of airplanes so Jack and his biplane plunges across enemy lines alone toward Mad River. Yeah, because Jack's going to go find David. There's a platoon of Germans on the bridge, and he shoots them. Uh, the Doughboys continue their advance. There's a lot of hand-to-hand combat. There's th- This is crazy ground. This is the battle of... Oh, the battle of St. Mihail. And this has... 3,500 infantrymen. It had all these explosives that were wired into a button, into a board for William Wellman. And there were towers 100 feet up in the air. And he was the one that was pressing the buttons so that they would um, explode in front of the all the people. Because, again, they were real explosions. <laughs> And then, and and while they're filming this, then there's all these guys on the ground with cameras. Um, some guy comes up, probably a suit from Paramount, comes up to William and <laughs> talks to him, asks him a question, and he misses one of the explosions and press like the ti- gets the timing wrong, and he says he sees bodies flying, <laughs> and he's like they aren't stunt bodies, like he literally blew people up. I'm oh telling you, there had. The fact that they're like, oh, only one person died in this, it, it's, I do not believe that. <laughs> it's the darkest, dirtiest secret in Hollywood. 
Ray Donovan took care of it. Yeah. <clears throat> Somebody was like, oh, no, it's, it's fine. Jack sees German troops going toward the front. He takes out some. There's a general in a car. Jake, Jack takes that out. He is going to avenge David, damn it. The Allied advance is all along the front. Fresh American troops advance. Jack is at the front. He takes out the machine guns. And one dude dies really good. In the tank? In the, the guy in the turret thing? Is he the one that gets hit and he turns around and around and flops down? No, I know. Because you know, <laughs> you know who that dude was? Was it the director? That was the director. It was, and then he said he like looks up and he goes, "Get them, you bastards!" or something, and then he yeah. dies. <laughs> yeah, and I just wrote down one dude dies real good, and then it was when I was doing the trivia I found out that was the director. That's funny. So David's at Mad River and he sees the German airfield and he get this is David. So he gets to the German airfield and he runs and gets in a German plane. Well, he times it. He sees them start the motors because, you know, these are these planes. So you have to start the motor and he's timing it. And he's you can see him counting so that he knows when the airplane's going to be ready, like he can jump in. And then this dude has survived the crash. He shot. He has to run a really long distance, and he does. He takes off in a dead sprint. He hops in the plane, and he takes off in the German plane, and I'm thinking to myself, well, I know how this is going to end. I'm going, good idea? I mean, dude, (laughs) it's a German plane. Everybody's going to think you're the enemy. I'm like, okay, are you going to, like, land it and then just cross over into into the back into lines like or are you thinking you're gonna fly this back to the airfield because that's not (laughs) happening you got the iron crosses all over this bitch now he does shoot down a german plane but but the americans aren't gonna know that and david is laughing oh he's happy oh he's happy because yeah he did come up with a way to get back home but you're also, and David is blonde haired and blue eyed. Like he does yeah. look like a German flying this. Also, it's a plane. And it was pointed out to me when Jack kills the German general. Because it goes to an aerial shot and you can't really see. All you see is that it's a vehicle. Like Jack, there's no way that right. Jack knows that he killed a German general because it's so high up in the air. And then right. also, so <laughs> go. The enemy is in retreat, and this battle was a victory. So Jack is heading home, and he sees one German plane ahead. And the German plane is headed back to to his home as well. <laughs> and he's like, oh, uh, what do you think you're doing, Heine? And David sees the shooting star, and he's going, it's Jack. Uh, hey, Jack, it's me. It's me, David. Yeah. But but Jack doesn't see that. Jack just shoots. Yeah, I'm like, Jack can't see you and he can't hear you, David. And then on the screen, because we can't hear it either, says, Jack, don't you know me? No. Like, no. That plane? I can't see you. David is pleading, Jack, Jack. Jack shoots holes in David's plane. David is hit again. 
he crashes into a, and I didn't know if it was a church or a home, but he crashes right into a, a, a dwelling. Yeah. He crashes good. So, um, Jack lands and... Uh, he comes. Uh, why does Jack land and Jack, come and check on this plane? Jack lands because he's getting the ultimate souvenir. He goes and starts cutting <sighs> off the that's, Iron Cross. That's right, the Iron Cross flag on the plane. Mm-hmm. So he's he's cutting that out, and then they're they're in like Allied forces because um, I think it's like the French. Yeah, they're there, and they take. Because I thought it was the Germans, but it's the it's the Allied forces. They take the pilot out and they lay him down. And I think they know by his uniform that he's an American. Right. Um, and so they lay him down and the house that it belongs to, the wife and the mother, like she has a little kid. They had an altar outside and they were praying and they saw the, the thing coming straight toward their house, the plane coming straight toward their house. And so they go in and they lay him out on the table and the French guy in command is like, it's only a matter of minutes. So he goes out to Jack who is cutting out the iron cross to take home for his souvenir. And he says, um, you might want to come in here. This guy's only got moments to live. And I'm not really sure why. Cause at that point, Jack doesn't know who it is. He just assumes that it's a German guy, but I guess because he's a fellow pilot and stuff, he's like, all right. And he climbs in and then he sees that it's David laid out. It's a moment. And then it's kind of weird because he's like caressing his head. I act and and they actually, then they have a kiss. Yeah, they do kiss. And I wrote, is this a brick and skipper moment? Oh, from Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Yeah, I did wonder about their friendship. Yeah, nothing means as much as your friendship. Yeah. So, you know, like David is is forgiving Jack for shooting him down and killing him. And um, yeah, because Jack is just like, I just saw that it was a German. I had no way of knowing it was you. And David's like, I know I'm in a German plane. He was like, it was the best idea I could come up with to get back, <laughs> to get yeah. back over the lines. Like, I don't blame you. You saw a German plane headed towards the lines and you did what you do. You shot the plane down. Yeah. And then and, and Jack wants to leave. He's like, I'm going to go for a doctor. And the French guy says that you, he has moments to live. That's yeah. why I didn't go for a doctor. Yeah, it's no use. Yeah. And then and then it cuts to the propeller of a plane slowing <laughs> to a stop. Becoming a cross for David's grave. And then yeah, they put they and then the, the guy that owns the home comes in and it's just the wife is just like, yeah. And the, the guy comes, he's just like, war sucks, man. I come, my home's got a plane in it, and there's a dead American just laid out on my on my dining room table. And, and now I have to use my mule to, like, drag the body back somewhere with Jack. 
So, yeah. It was it was a sad moment. Okay, Jack's back at the barracks. He's collecting David's stuff, and he reads the letter from Sylvia. So then Jack knows Sylvia doesn't love me. Finally. Okay, then the title comes up, Home, A Man Returning Where a Boy Had Gone Away. And all of a sudden, Jack has gray hair. Which did not work at all. Yeah, I said, how long was this war? <laughs> yeah, I think the death of David caused his hair to go gray. Then, yeah, then I'm like, well, how close friends were they? That <laughs> Brick and Skipper. All of a sudden, the sides of his head went completely gray. <laughs> At first, I thought he was doing like a buzz cut, and I was like, oh, he he went full Peaky Blinders on us. <laughs> no. 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 It, it, it wasn't a good die, jo no. uh, die job. It was horrible. So he's the conquering hero. He gets off the train. His parents are there. The mayor's there. There's a brass band. There's a paper mache plane. Yeah, he's a uh, local boy done good. But he has to go to David's parents' house. And there's even the shot where he's in the parade and it's all, you know, great. And then they shot the camera is like the floor of the car looking up. And you see David looking down sad because he's holding the bear. And, it, you know, Jack, that it's Jack's looking down. We yeah. don't see David anymore. He's dead. Yeah. People know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Oh, uh, Sylvia's on that swing, She's crying. Sad. Yeah. Jack takes the bear in the metal to David's parents. Oh, this was don't look at me. I was. <laughs> oh, Jack got me. Old buddy got me with his acting here. I was like, oh, don't. <laughs> Jack's crying at David's picture. The mother and father are stoned faced. Yeah. Uh, the dog's there. He gives the bear and the medal, and Mom cries and sits down. It's the first time she's shown some weakness. She's crying really hard, but there's not one tear. And Jack goes and cries in her lap. And he's like, I wanted to hate you, but I can't, Jack. It was war. It's not your fault. So now Jack's at home with his shooting star, the original shooting star, and he sees Mary at the fence and he kisses Mary's hand. And Jack he tells Mary, have a lot, he doesn't have a lot of options at this point. <laughs> He's like, I am a broken man. I have PTSD. I'm probably going to have like a drinking problem. I'm going to have nightmares for the rest of my life. No one's really going to discuss it nor know anything about what's going on. For another 90 years. So. And the, the one thing he wants to tell Mary about is that night in Paris. Oh, of yeah. all the things he's been through? He, he, he felt, apparently he felt really guilty because he, he says there's this one night in Paris and I was drinking a lot and I was with a woman and I don't even know who she was. And, and I never want to know who she I was. And I never want to know who she was. All of the horrors of war that he's seen. He killed his best friend. Shot his best friend dead. His best <laughs> friend died in his arms. Um, also, you know, Gary Cooper getting killed. All of these horrible things that he has witnessed because of war. And it was that he, he's, he, he just got really drunk and was with a floozy. Yeah. And then Mary's like, 
Jack, I was that floozy. <laughs> it was me. The only thing that matters from now on is what happens in the future. And they see a shooting star together and he kisses the girl he loves or what's left over. <laughs> Yeah, they both saw they both saw horrible things in the war. She has PTSD as well. So I'm I'm sure their kids were grew up super well adjusted. Running, she had PTSD from running over American soldiers. She ran she ran over American soldiers. Also, she did see a whole town get killed by missiles. I, I mean, bombs being dropped. She survived. She was in the Red Cross, so she did see horrors. She did. She did. Horrors upon horrors. Her biggest horror was seeing that picture of Sylvia in the locket, but... <laughs> but, you know. The end, two hours, 22 minutes, 53 seconds later. I mean, it's still a great movie. I thought it was, and I had read that, you know, the, the storyline was so old and dated, but... I mean, he, he shot down his best friend. I, I didn't really see that coming. And and they were fighting over one girl, but really he, he had Mary, who was really his true love all along. He just didn't know it. Uh, yeah, and the, I mean, the action stuff. And the, and the classism. I mean, David's, David was rich, yeah, but he came from a very unloving home. Only thing he had was a little scrawny bear that didn't do him any good. Well, he had a dog. He did have a cool dog, and I and I think his parents loved him. They did, just in a in a different way. Just not, you know. Well, my mom did plant a kiss on him. So. Yeah. So we don't. I mean, maybe she loved him a little too much. We don't know. We don't know. Dad was in a wheelchair. Yeah. What? What? Okay, so that was Wings. I think it was well worth watching just because of, and Aaron knows the, the stuff about the camera shots. I have a question. Mm -hmm. um, so did they have scripts that they memorized or did they kind of wing what they said to each other since nobody heard it? Um. Well, they would, yeah, they would say like the lines and stuff because a lot of times you could tell what they were saying. And when... David, not David, Jack is shooting down all the Germans. When he shoots them down, he's like, bastards. And there was stuff like you could tell that he was saying lines and stuff because of how his mouth was moving. Like, oh, Mary. Oh, oh, bubbles, you know. So they would talk. True. Okay. It was the only silent movie to win Best Picture. Until The Artist in 2012. Which I, I never about saw. The I never saw The Artist. They used chocolate syrup for blood. Ah, I was glad to hear that. I did too. Um, and at this point, Gary Cooper started an affair with Clara Bow. And they weren't ever even in a scene together. No, but they were. So most movies at the time took about like a month to shoot. And this movie took nine months. And they shot it down wow. in Kelly Field in San Antonio, Texas. So they were there for nine months. They said that every single elevator girl at the hotel by the time they left was pregnant. <laughs> and at one point, Paramount sent a suit to Wellman 
um, kind of like, hey, you know, like what the hell is going on? Because if you've seen The Aviator or Howard Hughes when he was making his Hell's Angels movie, the whole thing with clouds, he needed clouds to be in the background because if you don't have clouds in the background, you have no reference point for how fast the planes are traveling and where they're traveling. So there would be days where they would just spend it waiting for clouds so that they could shoot. And Wellman told the, the Paramount executive, he said, you have two options. You can have a trip home or a trip to the hospital. Ooh. Mm, yeah. He, he, like, he didn't play. Um, let's see. There was, like, the first two months of shooting, there was little usable footage in that because they had to figure out all this stuff as they were going. Yeah. They had to figure out how to mount the cameras and how to get them to work. Because it hadn't been done before. It had hundreds of extras. It had 300 pilots. Um, it. Let's see. Yeah, that's, I think that's a lot of the stuff that we already talked about. Like the War Department supported the movie. Clara Barton had the original script. Um, she had it rewritten because, like we mentioned, that she wasn't happy with her part. Um, oh, with Clara Barton also. Bo, not Clara Barton, the oh. nurse. <laughs> Clara Bo. <laughs> I can call her Clara Barton. Hmm. She was a lifelong insomniac after her mother tried to kill her in her sleep. What? I know. I, I found that out just right before we started. I was like, I would like to know a little bit more about that story. Oh, my gosh. Who wouldn't be an insomniac? I know. She, she, because she was super rich, but she often preferred playing poker with her, um, like her, her cook and her maid and stuff to going out to parties. She lived a very middle class life. She never flaunted her wealth. Hmm. Um. Let me see if there was anything. Um, yeah, I think that's about all I have. I think we we like went over everything. It, it was I I I was worried that Aaron was going to be mad because it was so long, but it was good. It, I'm glad we saw it. No, so f it's in probably the top five movies I think that we've watched. Just for all of the camera and that the 2012 restoration they did, I mean, the, mm -hmm. it looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. It was one of those movies that I it is too long, but it does it went by fast. I knew I knew going into it there was going to be a long movie, but I have to say I watched this movie and then I watched Call Me by Your Name, and this movie felt way shorter than Call Me by Your Name. Wow. I enjoyed this movie way more. I felt that it it, w it went by pretty fast. It had a nice clip to it. It kept me it kept me engaged. I was I was in on the story. So I was too. My first it was it's my first silent movie I think that I watched all the way through. Yeah. Well, I've I've seen some doozies of silent films. Yeah, well. When you major in film. Yeah, I took a silent film class. I, I watched Birth of a Nation. Guess what movie we're not doing? Birth of a Nation. Fuck that movie. 
So that was Wings. Mm-hmm. And Aaron, next week. Well, do you want to have a guess? Because I said that you would never guess in a million years what the because we're not doing a podcast next week next week um right one of us will be indisposed right so in two weeks what what we will be doing you can have a guess i will tell you that it is i will give you the year 1950 and i will say that it is something that we have not done yet a genre we haven't done yet? Uh, yeah, sure. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm telling you, so what were you going to, what was your, because you said you had an idea. I had an idea because you you said you wouldn't guess it in a million years. Mm-hmm. And, and you had been talking about the movie that you hated as a little kid and you thought you should watch it again because you wondered why you hated it. So I thought you were going to do... Um, the never-ending story. <laughs> nope. No, and I replied back movie. to you. I replied back to you. I can tell you right now, no. And I was correct. Yeah. She she knew what I was thinking, as she always does. Mm-hmm. 1950. 1950. Uh, and as a genre, we don't... Oh, so it must be a Western. Well, I just say I'm opening things up. Okay, just go for it. This is opening things up. We're doing, and also I did check to see the running time. Well, I I knew I was like I want to do this movie, and I was gonna put it on the list, but then I, I thought that it was it was a super long movie for some reason, and then I went to check to see the running time because I didn't want to do like back to back super long movies. Yeah, and we I are saw, checking running times now. And I saw that it was 88 minutes, and I laughed to myself. I was like, really? 88 minutes? Huh. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay. 1950. 1950? World classic cinema. Okay. World classic cinema. Akira Kurosawa's classic Rashomon. What? I told you you would never have guessed it. I don't. I didn't even know that was a thing, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to spell it to be able to look it up. Well, I did look it. It is available for rent on Apple Movies because okay. I checked that first. R a s h o m o n. When I was doing the research on the movie shots, like the tracking shots and stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, and they mentioned this movie. And I, I, I've seen it, but I saw it such a long time ago that I was like, oh, I think we should do it because it's it's 1950, it's classic, and just because it isn't in English doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. Subtitles? It's a Japanese film. We're doing subtitles. I haven't done that. <laughs> we did a silent film. Like, what do you think that, that was? Is, that's, I, I think... Wow, you are shaking things up, I girl. Was, yeah. I mean, why are we always doing American films? There's plenty of, of great um, world cinema out there that's classic. World cinema. And okay, this, friends, guy, next week. Kurosawa is always mentioned as as being influential to Scorsese and all sorts of film directors. 
All righty then. And especially this movie is very influential in Western cinema. I am excited. Mm Mm-hmm. So, listeners, we'll we'll have you listening in two weeks for Rashomon. Yes, I don't know how to say it. I don't either. Okay, listeners, bye-bye. Bye-bye.